Welcome to Rich Conversations. This is episode 244, Bone Lane on creating music as independent artists in a world of instant gratification. I love Bone Lane and uh, really close friends of mine. And I joined them in their Albany Park studio. It was a hot summer day. And like before we started recording, we started getting into this conversation of just like this balance of work and then enjoying the summer and the moment. And so then that's where we kind of uh, picked up. And this is actually the first episode where we have two guests. So so that was a lot of fun. And we're so we were in their studio and, uh, you know, we discussed our our work and personal lives and the balance between it. Sammy Saab was actually our very first podcast guest, episode 001. Matt Bones was on episode 59. And uh, together they shared their perspective and experience as music artists using Spotify. Bones breaks down the, uh, the streaming and the revenue model. And Sammy shares ways that independent artists can grow in other ways. And the two discuss the importance of music artists simultaneously being digital marketing specialists. Being analytical and organized is so important. Bone Lane shares the experience of their recent tour run with Flowbots and what they're excited for next. You guys got to check them out on Spotify. They are fantastic genre bending. And uh, their website is bonelane.com. You can find them on YouTube and all the social channels. So excited to share this with you guys. Enjoy. Welcome to Rich Conversations. This is going to be such an exciting episode. We're in the Bone Lane studio in Albany Park, Chicago. Bone Lane, fantastic music duo. Sammy Saab was actually the first guest on the podcast. That's right. Episode 001. We recorded right here, and uh, we've come a long way. We're about like 250 episodes later. Bones was on this episode... Historic. <laughs> this is historic. You've done 250? We're at like 242. It's really impressive. Wow. Yeah. And uh, wow. Bones joined us on episode like 56, yeah, I want to say. Somewhere in there. Uh, the three of us have been close for quite a while. It's it's great to have you guys back on, and especially the both of you on. That's yeah. it's pretty sweet. So <laughs> we're in the basement here, and when I came in, we started having this conversation, and then we're like, well, "Hold on, let's let's save it for for the turn the cameras on first. <laughs> yeah. So we got we got it all set up, and um, we were talking about summer, and kind of this feeling of like guilt (laughs) of like you know should we be working should we be enjoying ourselves living in the moment uh so why don't we just kind of open it up and just kind of continue that to start it off um yeah i mean it wasn't about either or um it was just yesterday i went out to the beach and had a little workout and took some time to myself bones you know walked you know 10 miles whatever and uh i remember i went to you know spend some time over at my girls hang out with the dog and i texted i got off work early blah 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 i texted matt being like hey tomorrow i'll come by the studio and i'll 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 finish this and i'll do this and i'll do this and he texts me he's like no it's no worries man don't worry like i'm and we just got into this conversation about how every now and then i have 
a weird relationship with guilt and shame and I feel like it affects different pockets of my life in different ways but the way it affects bone lang or like my work is that I just feel sometimes I feel guilt and shame if I'm not like ground and pound in the basement yeah. putting my hours in like convince my your dreams are never going to come true if you're not working and it's this very like western mentality of of work 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 yeah and I'm trying to alleviate some of that you know like yeah. like and and dissect some of that it's ridiculous it's totally ridiculous matt and i were talking right before you got here about how these these things don't like yeah you have to work hard but they don't happen like linearly it's like they kind of happen in steps is what matt was saying and okay. it's like just because you're working harder doesn't necessarily mean that you're like furthering yourself in or your that head. something we didn't get to when we were talking earlier is like I always think about how a lot of the shame that we feel is because like you texted me being like basically giving me your to-do list yeah yeah. (laughs) I know I'm I'm not in the studio but I'm gonna get this this and this done yeah um and it's part of the shame is whatever shame you would have your self-inflicted shame but some of it is also imagine like you're imagining my response to you not being in the studio being and like my response is like yeah buddy <laughs> whatever i guess you know yeah so you're like doing projecting. something better today yeah. yeah yeah or we had a similar thing where we are up for a tour in a few weeks and i also have a really big project over the summer that i'm working on and so sam knew that we might get offered this tour and then you came home and you were like could you make this work with your schedule and I was like, yes. And you're like, okay, well, in my head, this was this whole thing where I was going to come <laughs> tell you we were had this tour, and then you were going to say you couldn't do it, and then I was going to be upset that you couldn't do it. Yeah. <laughs> you were going to be some type of way because I was upset. And, like, it's that's such a bizarre psychological labyrinth to, like, dig yourself into. Yeah. And I do it. I, that just happens to be a handy example. I do this. We. This, yeah. this isn't your psychosis. This is our yeah, yeah. codependent <laughs> psychosis. Yeah. We just want to look. We're both so committed to the thing, yeah. And we both work really hard, and I, I mean, truly, it's a true like fifty-fifty fucking split. Somebody, if one of us isn't down here, the other one is. And uh, so sometimes, if I like take a few days, I'm just like I feel like I'm not upholding my end of the fifty-fifty bargain. You know, there's like this yeah. really concise yet not so concise division of labor. And we're both so committed that it's just like um, this psychological cloud that hangs over us yeah. being like, we someone's got to be, who's doing what? Who's Somebody hit somebody. Yeah. Somebody fucking better be working. You know what I mean? And it's just not true. It's just yeah. not. It's just something that we've created and it's just not real. And it's, I feel the tide turning, man. I think it's because we can actually feel more people are streaming our music lately. Um, we just got off a great tour in April and in April and March, March. and April. Who, who, who it was March and April. Yeah. It feels like a lifetime ago now, March and April. And the morale was real high between us and the boys. And, um, we got a, a new manager and we got a new, yeah. it's all this kind of, and we were like, all right, bro. We look at like our data and stuff. We're like, okay, all right, all right. All right. Our data. It's just gonna, you know what I mean? Look at our data. <laughs> yeah. It's unbelievable how much of this people don't tell you that line. how much of this shit is the anxiety line. That's good. Uh, people don't tell you how much of this job is like data analysis. You know what I mean? It's <laughs> yeah. ridiculous. Um, 
but like we can feel the needle moving and we're like, all right, it's going to happen when it happens. We have years worth of great work in front of us and, uh, or, you know, multiple, we're years ahead of ourselves and with our work and we're like, all right, just, we've been in this studio for like six summers and like have never gone out. (laughs) You know what I mean? Like the most beautiful days of the year have come and gone with us just like lost on here, which is great in that we work hard, but maybe not so great in that maybe we're not enjoying every aspect of our life. And this doesn't need to be this thing that 100% absorbs every facet of your being and, and so on and so forth without you being truly dedicated. It's, it's still, you're not less dedicated because you like went to the beach with your friends. <laughs> you know what I'm saying, man? Like it's ridiculous. And yeah, Sam was saying September always rolls around and you get the like weird first gusts of fall where it gets yeah. like rainy and cold for one day and like windy and you're like fuck yeah. i think i missed <laughs> i think i missed the summer i didn't spend well, any time on like a bar we're also recording this on like a 90 something degree yeah. day sunny is blazing sunny it's we had a we just had to turn the air conditioning off so we're gonna be yeah. sweatier and sweatier as yeah. this goes along and that's something about like chicago we're here in chicago and it's like you know there's these three months where mm-hmm. like you're right. Like if you, you're, you're you're so committed, or your your head is down, working on things, and then you look up, and it's like, I missed the greatest three months of this city. Like, oh man. Yeah. Um, but to dissect a, a couple of things, one, I don't know if I've ever told you guys this, but like, like Bone Lane inspires me. Like I I see what they're doing, I listen to their music. Um, and I think music has this very, you know, intimate feel. It's it's almost like they know me. They're talking to me. They're making music for me. Well, we come right? from the same situation, so it's like we come we from do. The, so we it's even together more. in the same bar for years yeah. and years. We've hung with the same people, so of course it's like you're kind of a part of it, you know. But it's like when I uh, hang out with Bone Lane, it's like they they understand too where we we all have dreams in this room and we know that we have to work for those dreams it doesn't just happen and i think a lot of people on the outside when i describe what i'm doing or the amount of work i'm doing they don't understand but it's like if you want this to exist and become reality you have to work and you know, then we get into kind of the the issue of of balance and and all of that. But um, you know, we all I think we all wish our dreams were easier to achieve. <laughs> right? I, I, something, I don't think that's like coming back true, to but... the anxiety line that we're talking yeah. about, where you're like, yeah, people don't understand how much of this is just looking at like traffic data and stuff like yeah. that. Running anything like this, running a podcast, running a business, being a stand up comedian, being a I don't know, you know, basically yeah. kind of any creative being a web designer or something like that. A podcast host. Sure. Is <laughs> is running a business, but it's running a business without any money. So it's like, imagine you're a salesman and your product makes point zero 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 two four five cents per stream like yeah. it does on Spotify or something like that. Well, how much money would you have to throw at a web designer? None. You have to build your own website. Yeah. So as as an artist or as a podcast host or whatever, it's like you're a web designer, you're a digital, you have to become a digital marketing specialist is a huge part of what people don't tell you about 
the like unsexy parts of being a musician yeah. is yeah you can just make shit and throw it on youtube but you've got to do the whole selling your, you've got to you know you could go down the rabbit hole on just that like how do you yeah. make engaging thumbnails for your youtube videos yeah. how do you uh put the right things in the descriptions for your youtube videos such that it triggers people to be recommended your content like on every platform yeah. on tiktok on facebook on youtube on spotify there's all you have to like learn the entire ecosystem bottom to top and in most industries you would just have a guy in your on your team that yeah. did that but if you're independent all of those things are now your job yeah those are those are label services you know that's what a marketing department at a major label does everything that bones just describes but if you're again if you're independent it's on you the onus is on you yeah. and nobody's ever been you know knocking down our door to like oh god we gotta you know nobody from universal i would love like, to run their digital I gotta run. <laughs> <laughs> like, uh so we just it's just taken years and years and years for matt and i in this room yeah to figure out each part of the business each pillar of the business um proprietarily you know as we needed it and at this point we we kind of know you know the business three-dimensionally and but that then your knowledge of that business then doesn't just immediate, immediately equate to success and, right. and like monetary success and stuff like that. it's going to take years more and more years and years and years but it's not a long term mentality a long term mentality that'll push you through and and things change so quickly that that's if you feel up to speed now that's fine but you better keep reading because in 6 months everything you know is going to be obsolete like we we're talking <laughs> about we have a podcast as well um, it's behind a paywall, bonelang.com slash club. The club um, bonelang. Some <laughs> yeah. great stuff in there. Thank you. Um, but we were talking the other day about how, like, the music industry in particular works in waves. So 10 years ago, music blogs were really important in getting proper coverage on music blogs. Okay. Could blow up a career. Nobody reads music blogs anymore. Nobody finds music through music blogs. Uh, for a while it was YouTube suggestions were really important and that's still sort of the case, but it's waning a little bit. Now it's TikTok and certain editorial Spotify playlists okay. are kind of the two big things to really focus on in this moment. But in five years, it's going to be something else that, you know, we're probably too far away to anticipate right now, but yeah. we've got to try and watch and see what wave is coming next. Metaverse. Study up on it ahead of time where you're going to miss <laughs> yeah. that wave too, you know? Yeah, um, one, one thing about... Uh bone lane though as as far as like an outside perspective and then knowing both of you individually outside of bone lane too it's like it seems like your personalities bounce really well off each other or not bounce but like mesh whereas it seems like you're more analytical organized and you're more spontaneous and and just like ener energetic big and picture it, and big kind of picture yeah, yeah. The, the vision of it. Bones just called me a visionary. I just want to <laughs> <laughs> timestamp that real quick. Uh, Look, man, that comes from... How much, how much of that is like, like you can do all that like nitty gritty stuff and mm -hmm. all the technical stuff and then you can just focus on big picture like, creating this. Yeah, I mean, again, it's it's that there's that 50-50 kind of division of like, he's more nuts and bolts, I'm more big picture. But that also comes from, one, it definitely comes from the kinds of people that we are, but it also comes from like 19 years of sitting in the same room. Yeah. And you start specializing too. It's yeah. You just once, know what... once you become the guy who edited the first video, you get deeper and deeper and now you're, you can run Premiere and I'm dog shit at it. Right. So and it's, it's just it's a like... coincidence more than personality. Right. Yeah. 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 
but also also interests and stuff like I'm big into like I I want to be a writer director in the long term you know so I started picking up the camera and started you know blah 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 editing all the videos ourselves we were also we used, we needed to rely on my brother to cut the videos and then yeah. my brother's you know has a, a full fucking career in New York and it's just like his little brother constantly bugging bugging him to like cut free videos for it's like just over the years that starts yeah. to become a burden he's always been the sweetest about it it's not like he was ever like yo bro i don't want to do this anymore he still does work with me but um you just have to pick up over the years you pick up all the skills because that's what it necessitates <laughs> mm -hmm. yeah. you know um and it's like packaging all those skills together to create this this kind of a final product that everybody sees right yep 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 it's like I, I never liked the word content. I never liked the word um, brand and all that. But the further you dig in, the more it's just like those become natural byproducts of like the demand of what it means to be an artist right now. Um, we re we resisted TikTok for the longest. We were like, dude, that's it's like the death of culture, and it's like yeah. the anti everything that we're trying to do. We're trying to make you know meaningful work in the long form, and you know it's just and we we just got this new working with this new dude and, and he really broke it down for us he's like dude it's just a spam account like just use take all <laughs> just take all the, the stuff that you've done that's sitting on youtube getting like yeah. six fucking views a, a, a week because it's just old and nobody's clicking it right now you just take that and you chop it up and just one a day just post and we were just like okay i do that that's that's 90 seconds out of my day and then i can go back to doing my fucking work you know, I, I see a lot of people get hung up on the medium and then you start like creating me. work. <laughs> you start creating work for the platform. And, and that's then the platform do not becomes... want to do as an artist. Not, not us. No, that's yeah. not us. I'm, that's fine. Well, I guess for, it depends what your goal fine is. For whoever you have to make content specific. Like that is what we're doing with TikTok. It's just TikTok has an extremely easy model. It's a blizzard of content. And so what we do is we take longer form things that we've made in the past, for instance, like we have a longer video on YouTube of us performing an entire song called Orange Sun Live. It's fucking sweet, but it can also be, we can just take a chunk of that and stick it on TikTok. So there are some platforms where you kind of have to make something bespoke, but TikTok is just, is just like put shit out there. Yeah. Just throw stuff against the wall, basically, and see what sticks is is the whole TikTok model. So it's just like put out as much stuff as you can, basically. And that's oversimplifying, of course. But yeah, it's not totally working yet, but it's our, the guy we're working with. is just like, do you just keep just keep going every day for a year? See where you end up. It'll I promise it'll like affect the streaming and whatever. All I'm saying is. Like for us and what the kind of stuff that we make, mm -hmm. the kind of work that we do we're never going to work for that platform. We're not just going to be like, all right, now we got to create this specific work for this specific media. It's like, we're just going to make our work and, and that's it, you know, <laughs> like well, put that, it up everywhere. Yeah. But just, it's not, I don't know. I just feel like sometimes the platform can start to play the artist rather than the artist or the art, the artist starts to play the platform rather than creating something meaningful yeah. and something of their craft and something of meaning and it's just about or when we started the podcast it wasn't clear whether it was going to be behind a paywall or if it was going to be public and we're still kind of hashing out you know we might do a little bit of both but gotta look at the data yeah that's right 
But one, you know, kind of one obvious laugh, impulse man, but... and something a lot of people told us is just put it on YouTube, which is not a bad idea, but we kind of looked at each other and we're like, are we, do we want to be YouTubers? Is that what's going to happen here if this goes mm-hmm. well? Is now we're, rather than musicians, we're, we're YouTubers who We're the guys with the podcast. Music. Like, that's not really, I'm not, and we haven't figured out exactly how yeah. to navigate that because we do have to put some stuff on YouTube. But as Sammy said, the, sometimes the platform can end up playing the... What do you guys think about being artists right now in the 21st century in the 2020s decade compared to previous decades previous centuries like what do you think about the possibilities and like art itself in a way if I mean, there's, there's pros like, and cons, man. There's pros and cons. It's like, it's more egalitarian in that, like, everybody can participate. Anybody with a Wi-Fi signal and a phone can participate. And you can, you know, you can never really count anybody out in the game. Like, greatness and, and you know, like massive Like, levels the playing field in a way, right? Yeah, yeah. for sure. And uh, now there's everybody's doing it, right? Everybody mm-hmm. wants to be an entertainer because you can be an entertainer. And there's this whole new form of celebrity, like Logan and Jake Paul, I think, kind of redesigned the idea of celebrity in like our age you know um, we, we, and there's tons of people trying to do that thing but this doesn't totally address your question just now but there's a difference between celebrity and fame and fame we talked about this yeah and you. and i'm not totally i'm not interested in celebrity i don't need to yeah. and that was kind of the thing whereas matt and i were discussing like do we want to be youtubers man are we just we're just going to like do a podcast and, and and then what if that's the thing that pops then we're not really bone lang we're like it's the bone lang podcast bone and lang music it's just not what secondary I, yeah i just yeah. we make music we we make really beautiful like intricate surgical music that we work so hard on for so many years yeah. and are going to continue to do that for the rest of our lives. Like the podcast isn't something that I see myself being like 68 years old, like weekly being like, ah, we got to get another podcast. So fuck that. <laughs> I don't want to do You know what I mean? Like, so it, it comes down to what your aim is. And personally, my aim is not, it's not just like celebrity. It's not just how many clicks I'm getting and stuff like that. I just, I just want people to hear the music and I want to play the shows to rooms full of people. And if that's happening, whatever we're doing to make that happen, I'm good with that. Well, and something that happens when you have like a reasonable following like we do, we don't, we're not famous by any stretch of the imagination. I'm not going to walk into a diner and get recognized, but you do find yourselves in rooms where you're famous. You know what I mean? There's 500 people in this room and they all know who I am. And that happens more and more in different industries where, people have a sizable following on YouTube if you add up all the numbers nationally and they can go do a theater tour, but they can still walk around on the streets and not get recognized. And that's that difference and that's between kind of, celebrity and fame. In a lot of ways, that's probably, like, that would be something you and I were comfortable with. Fame, healthy fame, the good kind. Like, the thing that I think I, w- not want, but I think the bi- it's we'll a byproduct. Like a yeah. byproduct of it's the a, craft. It's yeah. a byproduct of the craft. It's a byproduct of the thing that you've worked on forever because people acknowledge the fact that you've put in all this work and your output is of notoriety or whatever. You know what I mean? A Tom York. I don't. I, I can't imagine Tom York is getting, like, lambasted at, at his local grocery store. I'm sure he lives in a community where he's respected. And, like, yeah, people know who the fuck he is because he's Tom York, but I can't imagine it. It's not like cameras in his motherfucking face all the time and yeah. he can't live. He has no privacy in his life. But then there's 
the Logan and Jake Pauls, there's like the Kanye West, there's the there's that like that celebrity that like you walk out of out of the Gucci store and there's 80 cameras outside and that just looks that look that looks really unhealthy. That looks like really 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 rough. I don't think it's it's natural in any by any stretch we of the imagination, this you know. Too, like uh, with summer, and you're like, oh, what should we do after this? I think I'll go for a walk. When you have that type of celebrity, like you can't go for a walk like that. No, nah, right? I remember watching like an Eminem. I think he was just in a movie. He's in funny he, people. He was in Funny People, and he's like, Walmart, Kmart. I can't go there. I can't go fucking. It. It's true. Like yeah. crowds just develop around that guy if he stays in one area for more than twenty minutes. Like it's wild, man. And so I don't know. I just. There's a healthy way to like be revered within your community, and uh, that's the aim. That's the long-term aim. I just, yeah, I do. I want to be noticed, just like any other artist. An audience, an artist wants an audience above anything. You know, that's all we really crave. Um, yeah, it's, I love making above music, money. but making if I made music and just saved it to a hard drive and then nobody ever listened to it, I would like. I'm not interested in that. You know, it's yeah. it's not. It's not no. fun unless you get to show it to people. Like the emotional response is the best What's part. The, part the connection is, is right? what makes art it's like, art rather than it's just the music is part of this like human phenomenon that's been around since you know ancestors were walking out of the Great Rift Valley. It's like it's such a part of us, and to make music, make that sound, expressing your human your humanity, to have other humans connect with that—that's a powerful thing. You know, and you mentioned um, we veered off a little bit. You originally mentioned something like how you know what what is it like making music now as opposed to twenty years ago or something. And the, I mean, I think a lot of these things are obvious. Yeah, it's true that there's not really an entry. There's no like barriers to entry and things like this. But I think one thing that's kind of interesting about music that isn't the case with other industries is that music f faced the crisis of being non-monetizable early right because and really it, it just comes down to basically file size like an mp3 is small and so it was easy to pirate when napster came along and film didn't have that problem because it's impossible to make film small enough that you can download yeah. it over dial up and the record industry didn't see any of this coming or did see it coming and stuck their head in the sand and said like oh the people aren't people are always going to buy cds mm -hmm. which is a ridiculous thing to say now of course in hindsight but one thing that's particularly difficult about music is that the value, the amount of money that people were willing to pay for music just instantly went to zero and really hasn't moved from that. Now it's $10 a month, but I can listen for, to 4,000 songs. And try it. For the whole ever world. Recorded. Yeah, the, yeah. <laughs> and other platforms. Like, why hasn't that happened to podcasting? Uh -huh. Well, because podcasting podcasting grew up in this environment and it figured out how to monetize you know it was like given that people can just download this for free what are we going to do let's advertise it and it's you know the platforms that you yeah. can't put an ad in the middle of a song but again coming back to video like why did the record industry shit the bed so hard on this but paramount is making a killing it's really because the film industry got to see the mistakes that the music industry made and anticipate and say, no, no, we're going to get way ahead of this thing and set up digital streaming in a way that can make money. Mm. And music is just mired in this. It just happens to be the case historically, like I said, that the value of, of music, like the amount people were willing yeah. to pay went to zero. And it's impossible to pry that back up 
so as music artists like i hear often that like touring is mm -hmm. where the money is like what if people are show, if everything people else, show up yeah. yeah if people show up everything it can also except be a, the music is where the money like you can't make money selling music just music you can sell yeah. you can kind of if you're selling vinyl but that's really more it almost falls into the category of like memorabilia yeah um or you know novelty but touring merch anything else can there are artists out there that have like that have really grassroots followings that really, really, really support what they do of like five to 10 to 15 to 20,000 people. And they're able to move and monetize that, that fan base over to like, say like a band camp and they make significant money when they drop albums. And, um, but it's, it's rare and it's difficult and mm -hmm. you have to kind of establish that, um, intent and aesthetic from the top. You know, it's hard to, it's hard to just, if you're, if most people are listening to you on Spotify, it's hard to get them off of it, you know. But if you can yeah. kind of establish from the top that you you have this more of this this Bandcamp DIY ethic, and um, then you can you can make money off of music. It's just it's just really difficult, and a lot of people like to shit on streaming, and there are serious ethical issues with like the new landscape, and I totally get it. But I don't know. Sometimes I look at if you look at Spotify as less of an opportunity to make all your money and more of an opportunity of like a more as more of a discovery platform, yeah. then you can kind of see the, the company in a new light. Like again, just noting, I understand a lot of artists yeah. hang up with a company like Spotify. Um, the concept of a stream being worth like fractions of a penny is, is a abstract yeah. and unfortunate and weird concept. Um, however, 80,000 people streamed a Bone Lang song this month. 28,000 have streamed a Bone Lang song more than once. I think that's cool. I don't care if there's tons of artists out there that dwarf that number that makes us look like little, little kids. And I also don't care that there's other artists much smaller than us that would kill to be, to have the, the number that I just stated. That's yeah. the number that we got this, that we did this month. And I, I'm proud. I think that's really cool. I think that's amazing. And that wouldn't have happened without Spotify. My favorite. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like the on the Spotify for Artists app, which is like the back end, you know, if you're an artist, you can back go see. What does the back end look like on Spotify? Uh it's it looks a lot like the front end actually. It's, <laughs> it's pretty sparse. You can download um big CSV files of like okay. all your data, but it's it's pretty streamlined. Um but the coolest thing they have there is when you open the app right at the top it says like 24 people are listening to your song to right. music right now and that's the craziest thing to me because I just sit there and think about like wow some dude in Serbia <laughs> yeah. who I'm never going to meet is listening to like a bird in a jet engine right now that's yeah. bananas can you see what song they're listening to? No. Uh, no 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 it's not like that but it's it's fucking cool you know so I don't know you know they have these these algorithmic playlists and stuff that 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 sh once they collect enough data on on your music and your music starts doing well enough it'll like kick it around and it suggests it to people and it's like none of this would be happening without them so it's a love hate relationship blah blah yeah. blah you know what i mean no we're not making the kind of money that i'd like to offer our music but like again it's nothing to feel sorry for yourself over like we're trying to make music for a living that's extreme that's there's a privilege in that yeah. and um 
it's of course it's difficult. It's not supposed to be easy. I think you said something earlier. It's like we we all wish that our dreams would be a little easier to attain. I'm not totally sure I agree with that personally. It's like I want to taste. It should be, it should be extremely difficult and trying, because when I get there, I want to I want to taste that water. I want to taste how sweet that water is. You know, it's like it's gonna feel so good those first few months where you really are kind of off the teat of society and you're just 100% self-sufficient off this work. It's going to be amazing. You had mentioned one time too, uh, <laughs> it's like when you need support, n- there's no support. But then when you don't need support, you get all the support. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There's you something know, well, psychological for people that, that like attach to – it's easier to attach yourself to a huge band that has a huge following that you get to like go to their shows and be a part of this thing that is larger yeah. than you than it is to like – take a leap of faith and support somebody that, you know, an artist where there's 10 people at the shows and yeah. you know, it's, it's much more difficult to get swept up in it and lost in it. You look yeah, at a band like, like 21 psychology. pilots, it's easier to be a part of it. It's like, there's this whole online discussion and there's this whole, you know, this, this, these basically like mega cathedrals where you can go to and like be, be, be a part of the rapture and, and listen to their music with 40 other thousand like-minded people. You know, there's 40,000 people in one place that like think the same thing when a song comes on. That's a beautiful thing. It's easy to be a part of. Rich, when you said support, did you mean like fan support or like the industry being interested in you or? I don't know specifically. Mm-hmm. I guess it was vague. Kind of both. Probably because, both. I mean, Sam yeah. took it one direction, which I agree with everything he said, but another thing I thought is like, it also comes down to can you get a booking agent or a manager or something like yeah. like how does a booking agent make their money well you make a bunch of money and they get 15% and if and i'm not shitting on booking agents often often they're very useful in getting you those gigs and things yeah. like that but if there's no money to be made what's 15% of zero, <laughs> zero. zero. <laughs> so nobody wants to be your fucking yeah. booking agent and which is when, why when there's a pie people show up cuz they want to slice if there's no pie yeah crickets but we're lucky to be surrounded by some some really the, great people. Our booking agent, by the way, is fucking amazing. I hope. That <laughs> oh yeah, our our booking dog. agent has been with us you guys for like talked very highly of him when you guys first. Uh, we we always first, you first told me about it. Yeah, he's our, like he's like one of the most important pieces to our puzzle because he's been he's put us on every tour that we've ever been on. We make him virtually no money right now, but he's it's a we're a passion project for him. He loves us. He goes. He believes. He. Um, he's as big of a part of this as anybody like he's, he's in it. Um, and we're lucky to be surrounded by a handful of people that just believe in what we're doing and, and work on spec and, and just work on faith. You know, they believe in the ethic, they believe in the product, they believe in us and what we do. And that's an amazing thing. And that takes years to build just for people to see the proof in the pudding before the proof in the pudding, you know, has a dollar yeah. figure attached to it. You know what I mean? Um, so we're very blessed and it's taken years and years and years to kind of build a team around us of people that um, are really great at what they do and really believe in what we do and, and just are, you know, taking action right now in the name of it paying off in a few years. Yeah. It takes It takes a lot to convince somebody to want to be a part of something in in that way everybody just people need to be paid now you know and i get it which is totally understandable 
but our whole career it's hard for us to relate to sometimes because like our whole career is on spec like we've been working in the studio just losing money for you know <laughs> yeah ever the long forever, forever. Yeah. for over half our lives you know um well and to circle back a little bit to what we're talking about as far as what it takes to run a creative em- enterprise and also to kind of tie in the spotify stuff that we we're talking about people get upset about Sp- well people get upset at spotify for a lot of reasons but one major criticism of spotify is how they quote underpay their artists and i'm not saying there's no criticism to be made there but people don't really seem to have any sense of what the actual numbers are there. Like, okay, then what is your business plan? Is it to pay everybody $20 per stream? Cause that's going to go under in about three hours. And obviously that's an extreme example. You can't, mm-hmm. but like if you start playing with the margins here, you'll realize like Spotify doesn't make an astronaut. I mean, they make a lot of money if you just look at the dollar figure, but you know, per artist, that sort of thing, like some of their margins are spread reasonably thin i'm not saying that they couldn't pay their artists more but i think people don't understand you know the startup costs of something like this the amount of risk that they're taking on certain things um and the fact that there's just no way to keep i forget what their price point is but let's say it's 20 dollars a month it's impossible to keep that price point and still pay your artists incredibly well or something like that again i think they, they could improve and i personally have plenty of ideas about how they could do that but usually if you actually sit people down and say like okay what's your business plan they they throw something that is absolutely unworkable at you mm-hmm. uh, and so we're grudgingly again we have criticisms of spotify but we are ultimately fans at the end of the day i'd rather have it than not have it because it is an excellent tool to find it's just members I, another point to that is just if if your business plan <laughs> as an artist, as a, as a musical streaming artist is to make all your money off of Spotify. You should do some more reading and you should, you should grant yourself some perspective and, and really try to understand and, and that, uh, that's ridiculous and that there are a number of other streams of revenue that you can be focusing on developing around your music and your art. And that it's, look, you can make a song and you can upload it to Spotify pretty much for free. That's unbelievable. And people like to just walk past that point. Like, that's not an unbelievable advantage. You know, people just be like, no, they owe me. It's like, nobody owes you shit for your song. It's a song. 80,000 of them get uploaded to this platform every single day. You know what you can do if you don't like the way Spotify pays you? Don't upload your fucking song to that marketplace then. Go to a if you find it so... There are people who do really well on Bandcamp for interest. Yep. They, they just say, Develop your Spotify, artists. we're doing Bandcamp, and they yeah. focus on that, and that's a perfectly valid business model. Yep. Yeah. It's harder. You got to build it a little more grassroots. That's more about like, you but know... You'll see money, fat, like... You'll, see You'll probably faster. make thirty dollars right away. Do you know how hard it is to make thirty dollars a month on Spotify? <laughs> yeah, you need a lot of. It's going to take a long time. It's a lot of streams. It's like seventy thousand. I mean, the, the number is out there on the. I don't know what it is, but just plug it into yeah. twenty five hundred streams and play to around $1. with the numbers and just see yeah. how many streams you would have to get to make a living. Set set. If I, no. you know, if I, I would Fuck be happy if I made sixty thousand dollars a year on Spotify streams. Cool. Plug that number into mm-hmm. into Google Sheets. Or a calculator and just see how many streams that is. I don't know what it is, but it is a ridiculous number of streams. 
So Godspeed, I hope works out, but it's probably not. You don't want to focus just yeah. on Spotify. Which, again, though, as you build your catalog over time, you can get there. Sure. We're going to. Yep. We're gonna. We're gonna get to a place where we're gonna make. Twenty, thirty thousand dollars a month one day in like in the next ten years, we'll make serious money like that off streaming for sure. But only because we invested in other things that pay us back, so that we can continue to fund what we're doing on Spotify. You know what I mean? And slowly build it over a lifetime. (laughs) So motherfuckers don't have long-term ethics, dude. You know? Wait, say that again. Motherfuckers don't like to have long-term ethics. They want the the hit right now, and they want to get paid today. And it's like, what the fuck, like? That happens for like ten people a year. You know yeah. what I mean? Like it's just not how it's gonna go. And it's uh it's build slow. It speaks to the craft and like developing the craft and uh switching gears a little bit. We're going from streaming and uh money uploading files and stuff. <laughs> uh let's talk a little bit about like performing live. Now you were on tour with Flowbots uh back in the spring. I went to a show at, at Chop Shop mm-hmm. and I've been to a number of your guys' shows. But this this one's a little different. Like, you not that you guys weren't before, but you guys were like crisp and mm-hmm. sharp. Like there was a honing of performing <laughs> skills that I saw that I I was just like kind of impressed by. I'm like, you guys are really. Uh, Mind if I put my foot up here? Yeah, go ahead. Sorry, buddy. Uh, put my feet in your face. You, you guys, you guys are really like hitting your stride performing live thanks dude you know you you. guys are doing all the stuff in the studio i know how hard you guys work here and then to see you guys perform live like that and just crush it it was cool thank you it's cool man i think that's attributed to well one we're just getting better spend spending more time the four of us are really a family with zach marks and andrew lawrence and like um you also saw us on i think it was like night three or four of the tour so we'd gotten there's something about playing every night that you get you know get like road tight by the end of that tour that 45 minutes was just yeah, not only playing every night, but playing exactly the same thing every night. It gets, it just gets tighter. And t- uh, the way that I think about it is, the set gets tighter and tighter and tighter, and then looser and looser. And like, you, it gets more and more perfect, sort of, during a tour tour that length during like the first half, like a week, week and a half, something like that. It's like you make little mistakes and you adjust and you fix them for the next night, and then eventually it gets like diamond hard. And then you can start just playing around where everybody knows the yeah. material, and so they can do things that are going to surprise the rest of the band. And so then it like it starts getting new up again, in a really cool way. Oh, that's cool. Um, we've also, you know, we've now been with Zach for eight or nine years, and we've now been with Andrew for about seven or something, six or seven, something like that, which yeah. is a significant amount of time. Um, it is. And. Everybody's extremely committed. Um, and the live space is, I think, the thing that we... Not that we don't take... We take every aspect of this very seriously and so on and so forth. But we take the li- we've taken the live show really seriously from the jump. And we've had a lot of outside pressure to be like, you guys should have a two-man set or you shouldn't you shouldn't have to rely on, on musicians and blah, blah, blah. You should make it more mobile and, and financially and so on and so forth. But Matt and I have always kind of put, drawn a line in the sand where it's like, look, we're building this thing in the live space as a band. And I think it's really starting to pay off. I think people are starting to see the value. That being said, Bones and I are now going to develop a two-man set just to have two versions of the show 
should we get a last minute offer to go on the road and open for somebody and the boys can't do it because you know they have full schedules and real lives this is a lot of maneuvering of schedules and dates oh it's yeah. yeah it's a huge huge bitch and and they um have sacrificed a ton um to come on the road with us and and they've really made it about family and the music you know we really are yeah. we really are i can't like express how much we like where we we hold them very high man we we love we love them they're our brothers and uh their families have become our families and and it, we're extremely tight but yeah man sometimes we're in a place where we need to be really agile and take every offer that comes our way and just be the hungrier band, right? Be the yeah. band that like that'll work on a dime and, and that'll just go get the opportunities. Like Bone Lang is gonna break in the live space. We're gonna it's by us playing shows. That's where we're most compelling. Like the whole I feel like the central kind of yeah. thesis, the nuclei in the middle is is the um is the show. So we're gonna make a two man set. And I'm I was always really uh adverse to it and kind of like scared of it, but now I'm I don't yeah, know, something happened to me mentally where I was like, dude, we, we can make something really, really compelling. I've also seen a couple shows recently. Um, wow, how do I say this without sounding shitty? Um, <laughs> you know, you go see a DJ and they press yeah. play. I know this is a hack joke that, like, all right, they just press play. They're doing more than that. But there is, if you're a musician and you go see a live show and it's two people on stage and they're doing less than you think they could do and the crowd is loving it, you look at that and you go, oh, we could make something cooler that like i've just seen yeah. enough and been like oh we could tweak this we could take it to the next level in a way that would be compelling so you're looking at it from the framework or perspective of we're not chopping down or like slimming down cutting out what we do best it's like how can we create something different and equally as of as equal cool, value yeah, yeah. equal value um just a little bit more mobile it's just a different yeah. Different thing you can now offer to the market. It's the, it's the backpack set, man. Can we? What yeah. can we? Can we fit our show in a backpack and just hit the fucking road in my Mazda? No overhead. You know what I mean? Yeah, like, yeah. and that really like it's important. That's where I'm getting with. Uh, that's something I'm like really proud of of this podcast. Like, I went to Miami in in May, no April, and uh, we recorded two in person multicam uh, episodes. And I literally was hands free. Everything I needed was in my backpack, and mm-hmm. I was just like, "It was such a that's incredible proud buddy. moment, you know." Good for you, man. My gig bag it's like right there the mobility was... offers, you know, opportunity. Yeah, oppor- opportunity. That's yeah. why we're doing the two man thing. Got to be lean, is, lean and mean. Yeah, like the four man thing will always exist. Always. But we're in a weird spot in our career where we're going to start getting offers for tours, but we're not going to get started. People aren't going to be offering us a lot of money for tours, and so. If you've got four people and a bunch of shit, you need a van and you need to put everybody up in a hotel room and there's mouths to feed and stuff like that. But if yeah. it's just Sam and I in that backpack that's sitting there, which is what it's going to be, and maybe I got to carry a keyboard or something, yeah. we can just get in his SUV and just go. sleep on somebody's couch. You know, it's just. Yeah. Um, However, we just don't. It's it's literally not doable to bring everybody on the road, yeah. depending on what you're getting paid. And it's just for like, no oh, money, four years at a time. Yeah, it's yeah, like right. they're like again, and the guys are really committed. And as I said, they've yep. sacrificed a lot to be there. But it's like you can't just constantly ask these dudes 
two weeks in advance to like drop all of their gigs and give up for, a month of work for, for three and a half weeks where like, you know, the value of, you know, like, Hey, give up the $5,000 of work you're going to do yeah. this month. Come on the road for, with us for we'll free. Take care. We'll buy a sandwich. <laughs> and we'll every we'll once buy in your a while. sandwiches and we'll like, we'll share beds. <laughs> and then, you know, and like, and, and you know, they do it some t- like you know if there's yeah. like a lot of planning involved and they have time to like set up their life around it and stuff but you can't just call them i don't know if we're overexposing too much right now. i fuck it whatever it's dude it doesn't fucking matter it's a we're family start doing this we're a fa- yeah. yeah so but and and that's fine to do but you can't do it for six years yeah and then expect yeah, them to just be, keep being you know what i mean like right so however i do want to say we did do this entire last tour which was like 17 shows in like 17 goddamn days or some shit like that uh in an suv with the four of us mm-hmm. and yeah. we did it well yeah it was great we, our tour game is tight like we've really we're really efficient we're like well planned there's not too much stress on the road the four of us really know how to get along and like because it's planned so well there's no fucked up surprises and everybody kind of um is committed to keeping to the itinerary we don't have like fuck ups in our band like our, our everybody behaves one we don't have anybody on the road with us like a tour manager or anything so one person has to stay totally sober every single night to like do the driving we were doing we would do the gig in whatever city and then we would drive about an hour and a half to two hours out of the city whatever we were city towards okay. the next city that night and then stay in the middle of nowhere so like the hotel was a little cheaper and we cut some of the drive down the next day and we were doing this shit with like just it was just mechanical, Clock man. Work, yeah. Clockwork. Yeah. And I felt really good about it. Like, we came back. All of us felt pretty good. We uh, got along famously. There was no, like, you know, bad bad blood yeah. or anything like that, which is really the, – the morale was really, really high. So as the four of us, we were also really tight. Like, we can do it. It's yeah. just about uh, – we know the kind of opportunities that we get, like – Every now and then, our agent will just call us, and he's like, yo, this band's going on the road. Their support just dropped. They're leaving in four days. Can you guys do it? And we'll just be like, Bones and I, just have, like our life just explodes for like 12 hours. We're like looking at like how we can make it work. And 98% of the time, we're just like, yes. Just throw our fucking name in and see if that shit goes. But you can't just turn to these these men yeah. with lies and just be like, hey, guys, four days. <laughs> You guys ready to rock? <laughs> well, it's like, like, like it's totally unfair, bro. Like it's like going on vacation. <laughs> you know, you can ask yeah. your buddy, "Hey, can you go to Mexico for a week?" And they can probably make it happen. If you yeah. ask them, "Can you go to Mexico for six weeks?" <laughs> be like, "What the fuck are you talking?" No, <laughs> I can't give up six. My, for, I'm gonna get fired. And by the way, I can't <laughs> pay you. All of that money. Yeah. <laughs> by the way, you're gonna have to cover yourself down there. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, so it's. It's going to be exciting. I think the two-man show will be really fun. It'll be fun for Matt and, Matt and I to do. Yeah. Um, but the four men will always be there, man. I, I love Bone Lang as a band. Mm-hmm. I, I, yeah. You know, when the money's there, it'll really only ever be that. But And yeah. we were talking about the difference in how do you handle individual platforms, and we were talking about how we're particularly excited about the live show, like some bands are really good for tiktok content that's not us we're never going to be the people who've got the like dope edm breakdown that people can throw over the dance videos um but one thing we do do really well is convert people live that is if there's a hundred people in a room 70 of those people are coming out bone lang fans whether they've seen us or not before yeah and so it's like the highest return thing that we do is we get on stage and we fuck people up 
Yeah. And that's how almost all of our fans have been found is just opening for another band and making fans out of their fans. Yeah. Well, we're we're kind of coming up on time here. So to kind of wrap this up, like what what are you guys most excited for within the next say 6 months or so? Man, um we have Summerfest on July 8th in Milwaukee on a main stage. That'll be really fun. We're really excited about that. 415 on the Miller Lite stage on July 8th. Um, we just wrapped another one of these four-song EPs, um, and we did work with some really interesting people. I guess I won't announce that yet, but, like, man, I, everything's kind of exciting. It's not just yeah. about the next six months for me. It's like we're again we can actually feel the needle moving forward and i feel a little more in control of my expectations for how this thing is going to move in my life Mm -hmm. and i feel a little bit less like i'm trying to jam a square peg in a circle hole and force something and i feel like a, a greater sense of patience and so honestly the thing i'm most excited about is like my attitude towards my own work that's you know that's what i'm saying really. like, you know that's like just a great answer healing you know momentum like, and morale have both been high since that tour like, that tour went really well everything's moving in the right right direction since then and i think like we had one of those moments sammy was talking about the other day where we we sort of had a lull and you know we haven't had a show in a while and the record's out so we're not pushing anything by the way nervous oracle on spotify um <laughs> But we had a little bit of a lull there, and we got a call from our booking agent that was basically like, can you guys be in Atlanta at noon tomorrow? And, you know, for an hour, we we ended up not – it wasn't worth it, basically, for the okay. effort and the amount of money and stuff. But for half an hour, our lives just completely exploded, and we're, like, rearranging calendars and stuff like that. And Sam and I had a conversation after that happened where it was like, you know what? I kind of love the chaos of something like – it's so exciting to have to explode your life like that. Yeah. And I think the – like this isn't a particular yeah, thing that stress. I can plug, but in the abstract, the thing that I'm most excited for is just being busy and that like frenetic feeling of motion and momentum. Hundred percent, dude. There's a thing about man. There is a calm on the road amongst all that chaos. There's this sense of like I'm in the car and I'm with my boys and I'm doing it. And this is the thing that like 16 year old Sammy always dreamed about. And this is like. I get man, I get myself jacked up just think you know it's like the best it is the thesis it is the yeah. thing so there's a few things that we're up for but there's always a few things that we're up for that we're always like ooh maybe you know and yeah. 95% of them don't come through but then you get that one and you get to really explode you your life yeah you got to be in Atlanta at noon and it's like it's so fun man it's like the good kind of stress cuz once you've waded through and you've sorted through whatever you have to do to to make it work and then you're just in that car and it's just like silence you know what i mean you yeah. just like got the road ahead of you you got some shows and it's just so fun it's so yeah. fucking fun so yeah i agree man mm-hmm. the frenetic energy chaos and the chaos. Chaos. <laughs> excitement yeah wow well, this is uh <laughs> this has been a fantastic conversation uh thanks for coming on and thanks for having yeah. me in your studio we Good love you rich man don't leave again. yet man hang out for a little bit i will yeah I will. <laughs> so we're, we're gonna hang out here a little bit uh i gotta turn say the cameras too. off and exclude you from the conversation. <laughs> <laughs> we'll put it we'll put it in club bone lane oh yeah <laughs> yeah there you go oh real quick talk about club, club bone lane like uh i'm a member of it Love sure, and buddy. I've been uh, going through 
these like recordings we didn't record in that particular setup that you guys have mm -hmm. uh it's just over there but you guys talk about some cool stuff you talk about stories on the tours you talk about a uh, recent one was kendrick lamar's new album and then you break down different songs that you guys have it's yep. really cool what you guys do on there i appreciate you man thanks yeah similar to if i'm sure everybody's familiar with patreon it's own, kind of the same fans. thing it's but it's really yeah and actually that's a good name because it it really is only, only of interest sort of yeah. if you're well that's not true again we talked about kendrick lamar's record and stuff like that but it's 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 not really geared to a general audience. It's geared to people who already know our music. Yeah. So it's things like we're going to talk about this song and break it down. So yeah. if you're a fan That's of cool. that song, you can drop by, check it out. We've got other things back there. There's exclusive merch. Um, we do sort of improvisational settings, sessions rather, where we'll set up keyboard and drum pad and just kind of improvise music and put it out yeah. only there it'll so kind of like keep, a behind the curtain type of thing yeah exactly yeah. it'll keep building we're gonna put out a live album behind the paywall from the last oh, tour right. we have like a bunch of board recordings that matt's mixing right now which is really exciting it's the yeah. recordings are really exciting um but it's definitely it's like the best way to support us it's five dollars a month it's it's subscription services i mean like if you're a band and you're a hardware this is a great model it's the subscription model i think is like where it's a hundred percent gonna go for content creators and for okay. artists and for content creators bro oh my god <laughs> i gotta get over i gotta get over it because it's not the dirty word that i always thought it, i was like this is the death of art and i was all like precious and like yeah. pretentious about it and stuff it's it does have the cloying corporate speak feel though I, yeah I for sure but that is what you know, the podcast is what a podcast is. It is content. It's not exactly like an artistic expression. It can be, but it's the way we do it. It's not, it's just chatting. And so I, I, I just got to get over myself a little bit. I'm slowly getting over all the things that I was like, dude, that's not what a pure artist does, you know, like TikTok and like the subscription service. And, uh, um, even like the two man set, I was like, we're not going to be some fucking, it's not just going to be like two of us, like, you know, press play and then I rap. And I was like, shut up. I've seen like <laughs> some of the best shows I've ever seen have been like a rapper and a DJ. Not that that's what our set is going to be at all. Um, it's going to be very like the two of us. It's like you're set expanding. Up yeah, yeah, what, yeah. We don't got to get back into yeah. it. But I'm getting over myself slowly but surely. And I think it's actually a product of me slowly forming a more caring and patient relationship with myself between myself and my work you know yeah. it was like very it was like just very bipolar and like love hate like i am i, I always say that i i teeter between kanye west and a baby lamb <laughs> that's like my confidence meter you know what i mean <laughs> and like i gotta chill on that shit you know like i really yeah starting to work through it <laughs> well it's uh it's been great having you guys on club bone like bonelang.com bonelang.com check them out uh as always so great to talk with you guys thanks for coming on Likewise, dude. love you buddy Thank you. thanks for being here thanks for listening to rich conversations i hope you enjoyed this episode with bone lane in their studio listen to their music check them out on social media go onto their website check out some tour dates they got Summerfest coming up i'll probably be there their shows are so much fun. Uh, love these guys. So on that note, the rest of your day, make it fantastic.